0: Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us. At supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our service minimum out there, taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip through the drive-through over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Arnto- in Tuscaloosa or at Brupolo in Tupelo. It'd be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Florence. Oh, mm, Yes. Jerry's Fish House is in Florence,
1: isn't it? I believe.
0: I believe you're correct.
1: Isn't that where our friend Jake
0: Wimberly's is from as well? I don't know him. <laughs> <laughs> Zachari Tillman? Zachari Tillman is from there, yeah. Jake Wimberly and his magnificent hair are indeed, I believe, from Florence, Mississippi. So, shout, I, I, shout out to Jake. I shout out to, to all the meats out there.
1: I have to make sure that Jerry's Fish House is indeed in Florence. Let's be sure. Um... Because I don't want to be wrong on that. Yes, Jerry, Jerry's Fish House, Catfish House is what it's called. It's the place with that's like an igloo. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Very good. There you go. Very, very good. We'll have to go there one day. I'm, I'm down. Th- this is on our Catfish House tour. Yeah, we're doing we're summer.
0: Yes, we got that. Yes.
1: We need Seaspire to sponsor that. We do. We're going to work on that.
0: Wherever you are in our great state, you want great coffee, you can have it just like we have in Starkville, Tupelo, and Tuscaloosa. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it for delivery. Every great flavor that's available at the stores is available to you online, including the new and awesome maple bacon pancake. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. All you've got to do is go shop there. It really is that simple. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can just shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Com, whatever you're looking for, maroon and white, they've got it at College Corner. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's best restaurant. Simple as that. I can't make it any easier for you than that. They've got the best lunch, the best dinner, the best brunch in town. Thursday through Sunday, if you're looking for a great meal, you head to Restaurant Tyler. Priority One Bank, 16 locations throughout central Mississippi to serve you. And they've been serving their customers and doing a great job. They make it really easy with their mobile app. Everything you're looking to do with your bank account, you can do. Never mind just checking your balance. Talking about transferring funds, making payments, set alerts, everything. And it's condensed and streamlined for your mobile device. And, of course, Priority One makes your life easier because they provide local decisions when it comes to making loans. So call your local Priority One branch today. 16 locations Throughout Central Mississippi to serve you, let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Hit the music. Alright, signing day is coming. Gone. Two new Bulldogs added to the class. Uh, we'll start with the one that we, we felt you know there wasn't a whole lot of drama around but uh, Mississippi State adds cornerback will James interesting prospect uh, for sure because you know another guy that you know maybe underrated, however you want to look at him picked up some good offers later in the process from Indiana from Colorado. I mean if a cornerback gets a coach prime offer, I will give that a little extra grain of salt. But he's a player that really did well at the Mississippi-Alabama All-Star Game, and that's kind of where he he started to pop up a little bit as as a prospect. Was committed to Southern Miss and flips his commitment to Mississippi State. Robbie, when we talked to Zach Arnett earlier today, he he had a lot of good things not only to say about Will James, but about all of the coaches and people he talked to, who all said the same thing: this is a guy that Mississippi State would be well served to go after.
1: Yeah, and I think they were they were keeping tabs on him. Um, a little bit during the season, and he's one of those players that, had he played a full season, he might have picked up a ton of offers. Mm. Got that nice physical build. He was committed to Southern Miss for a little bit, got hurt, and I think late in the process was added to that Miss Al game, and all the reports that we saw from people in the industry that were down there was he was one of the better defensive backs at that event and was going up against some really good players in the state of Alabama, he comes from a, a pretty, um, a pretty good, I guess, breeding ground for talent down there in Mobile. So he, I think that um, this is a good late get. I wasn't, I wasn't exactly fired up about Mississippi State filling another spot with a defensive back, but it's one of those deals. Like if somebody comes along like this that you feel like's an SEC guy that can help your team, then by all means take them. So. It's one of those things where you just kind of have to say okay, the staff has a plan here. They didn't exactly need a defensive back, but now you got kind of a, a embarrassment of riches mm-hmm. with those young guys. I mean, the cornerback room right now is looking really talented, and there's going to be a lot of competition there, and it needs to be because you're you're losing out on a guy that's probably going to be at worst a second round pick. You need some other players to come in and provide some depth and provide some competition. And I feel like on the whole, the net is a positive for Mississippi state this cycle, because um, I just feel like they're adding a lot more talent in that room. <clears throat> now you've lost a, a great player in Emmanuel Forbes, but at the same time, I feel like you've added enough talent, both in the transfer portal in, in the high school classes that you should be really good at defensive back. And I, I can't say enough good things about Darcy McBath in this signing class. Mm-hmm. I think the evaluations that he made, the job recruiting those players, too, because you had to win some battles against a lot of these players, I think he did an excellent job. And that's one of the guys that was getting questioned the most mm-hmm. on his evaluations Absolutely. and his recruiting when he first got here. And now you're talking about a guy that has landed um, you know, multiple four-stars, multiple guys with um, – a lot of Power 5 SEC offers. So I think as a State fan, you should be excited about what Mississippi State is doing in that cornerback room. And I think Will James adds to that excitement. Like I said, didn't know if if it was a necessity, but it's one of those deals where a, an opportunity popped up. This guy's a, a player that they really liked, and they feel like they needed him.
0: So a good get for Mississippi State. Uh late in the process like that. And, and, and you know, go, going back through the years, there's a lot of, of guys like that. You know, this is not the first, nor will it be the last of Mississippi State's uh, going and finding a guy that's sort of under the radar. And then we have the ultimate under-the-radar guy, and Jonathan Davis, uh, the, the defensive tackle of Lawrence County. We've been talking about him for the past couple of days. Um, I want to say this. I can't help but feel it felt like there was a lot of of message board and social media drama surrounding this recruitment, and I, I feel like it was kind of overblown. Yeah, I, I really do feel like you know, and and, and Paul Jones told me that he's like Brian. I had his commitment story written on Sunday. Yeah, you know, so I I don't know where it was coming from so much, but it, it feels like this was a guy that early in the process, you know, his parents, the people around him were Mississippi State people. He talked openly about Mississippi State being a school he wanted to attend, grew up a Mississippi State fan. Obviously, State's track record with defensive linemen is going to be very attractive, having David Turner here. It just felt like all the pieces were always in place for Mississippi State here, and whatever drama surrounded it, I felt like it was just overblown, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I think, they're, I think Ole Miss
1: was doing what they could to muddy the waters, but they definitely had the decks stacked against them. And it's one of those deals where you know, a lot of times with these kids – You just have to follow the things that make sense, but you also have to be on guard for what could possibly come. Mm -hmm. Because Ole Miss has muddied up a lot of waters that we didn't think that they had any business being in. Mississippi State having David Turner back as a defensive line coach with the track record that he has. Tony Hughes is, is on board with him as well, and Tony Hughes has owned that section of the state for years and years. And, you know, Mississippi State has put a lot of emphasis in in uh, high school recruiting in the state. I think they were the first to really kind of hone in on him as far as, you know, the Power Five and outside of JUCO schools. And Zach Arnett mentioned it, that Tony Hughes has, has been on this kid for a while. Mm-hmm. And before Mike Leach is passing, he took Zach Arnett to Lawrence County to see him and said, the way that Arnett put it is like, Hughes said, "You're always talking about these kids that are coming out of nowhere. That could be the next big thing. That you know, you have to lift up a rock to find. This kid's one of them. I mean, Tony evaluated this guy, found him early on in the process. And my dealings with Tony over the years, he's found a billion of those kids. Yeah. Um, I, I remember him talking about Jonathan Abram back in the day before anybody was really talking about Jonathan Abram and wanting to get him into camps and things like that. So." Um, you know, this was one of those deals where Mississippi State had the relationship with the kid. You have something to sell with him, and, you know, Mississippi State has produced great players from the state of Mississippi. Hey, David Turner's back. Look at the two defensive linemen that are that are headlining the Super Bowl this year. He recruited or coached both of those guys, developed Chris Jones into the player that he became. this is a this was a perfect fit. And this kid grew up a state fan. His parents are state fans. I think his stepdad went to Mississippi State, maybe his mom too, but they were all on board with Mississippi State. And the only thing that was really keeping him from jumping on that was the fact that he had never been anywhere like this, any SEC schools or anything like that. And I think the visit to Ole Miss kind of muddied it up. Um, you know, he enjoyed his time there. They they put the bright lights on. I don't know from a you know, I don't know if Ole Miss had a chance if all things were equal and you're you're putting the resumes of defensive linemen up against each other. Um, and I know they were pushing Pete Golding, you know, coaching Alabama or whatever, but when you look at – when you pull the curtain back and you really break down what David Turner's done and what Mississippi State's done with defensive linemen, in the fact that the kid grew up cheering for Mississippi State, it was just it, – it made perfect sense for him to be here. And it's a perfect fit for David Turner, for Mississippi State, and for Jonathan Davis – that this came together because I think this is a kid that you look at, and again, just like Will James, I don't think that this was a necessity for Mississippi State. They didn't need another defensive lineman out of high school. Um, that there, there was no need for another guy. I don't think they were really looking for those players either. But it just kind of opened up, and you know, it's too too good of a fit not to go after the kid. And you look at his film, and you look at his stature, and I don't think. That there's, I don't think he has as high a ceiling as Chris Jones, but it's a very Chris Jones esque rise. Um, he's not going to be the number two player in the country, but he's a guy that went from going to EMCC to being just a point outside of being a four star in a week's time. Um, so you kind of see the freakish ability. You see him standing up as a defensive end, rushing the quarterback at 6'3, three, uh, 300 pounds or whatever he is. After t- I don't think he's going to be a guy that impacts you right away, but this could be something down the line, a lot like Cameron Young and guys like that where you look, you look back and say that was a big battle to win because this guy has all the makings of being an NFL defensive lineman if he follows the path. I think the best guy to do that for him is David Turner. He knows how to take these guys and mold them into pros. So I think this is a, a great fit for him.
0: You look at the guys state signed today, these two kids, and then you add them to what state already had on the defensive line with Eric Taylor from Heinz uh, from Community College. You add them to, you know, Jonathan Davis, as we mentioned, Caleb Bryant uh, from Vicksburg, Mississippi. Shout out to Vicksburg. Gabe Moore from, from Louisville, Mississippi. Yeah. Say it. Elville, stand up. There you go. And Joseph Head from Holmes County. Great defensive line class. And then from the cornerback position, Jalen Abram is a guy that everybody seemed to talk really highly of. Bryce Pollock, uh, another guy that, you know, had big offers and flipped from Pitt. And then Luke Evans, who flipped from Cincinnati. And then you add, you know, uh, Will, uh, Will James to that. It's sort of what you hit on a second ago, that neither one of these guys were necessities for Mississippi State. But that's good recruiting when you have the room and you have the ability to find guys that are kind of luxuries. And like you said, with especially with Davis, this is a kid that has has shot up the 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 the, the, the polls here. I mean, if you look at the the twenty four seven rankings, which you know, I, I I when I look at Mississippi prospects, I like to look more at twenty four seven than the twenty four seven composite because I don't feel like ESPN does a great job of rating Mississippi.
1: And I wish that we showcased that more. That's something that really bothers yeah. me. People people try all the time to mm-hmm. find just the twenty four seven rankings. Yeah,
0: and you can't. You can't. It's yeah. so hard. But, you know, like you said, a kid, uh, he's, he's the sixth best player in the state. I had a Brayson Hubbard who went to Alabama. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's how quickly this kid was evaluated, and, and the people at 24-7 were like, yeah, this kid can play. Uh, obviously, the, some coaches around this state think the kid can play too. So. And imagine if he would have had more time. Like yeah, if he was if he was known longer. you feel like if this it could have been like a Chris Jones thing where if he had been to camps in the summer, yeah. and doing things like that, he might be he might have been a, right up there as one of the top players, not only in the state but in the south and he still has you know he still has a lot of work to go, yeah, like
1: I, I don't think this is a guy that you throw in, and he's contributing from day one like i i th- I do think that it's going to take a year to to really get him going. But he's just got things that you can't teach. And that, to me, is the, is the biggest thing. I mean, 6'5", 300 pounds can move the way that he does. He said in a story with Paul that David Turner wants him to be a defensive end. That's going to be a load to try to block. Mm-hmm. So there, there's tremendous potential there for him. And um, like you said, shoots up the number six in the state right away which Kelly Jones has also moved inside the top ten. Two, three, four. So State's got five of the top ten. So that's that was a good finish for Mississippi State. Um, and I don't know – there wasn't really anybody in there that you felt State, like, really, really lost a battle for. I mean, we knew that Perkins and Aiden Williams were going to go to Ole Miss. We knew that Dante Dowdle was going to go out of State. And I, I think State probably should have been on him earlier – and and offered him early on because I think they could have got him and he would have been perfect for this
0: offense. Yeah. Um, but oh, for the yeah. most part, Dowdle is a guy that gosh, if it was just a rate, I-, I talked about this the other day on Sports Talk. If this was normal signing day, Dalte Dowdle would be a Bulldog, no yeah. question about it. I think I think after the after Bar Bay came in, mm-hmm. I think State would have had a shot. Oh, I think for sure. And then I think also if. It, you would have seen states sign probably a top ten tight end, yeah, because they just it would have been easy, been easy to sell. yeah, and one of the things i we've we've
1: done some some searching the last couple of days and some information with the tight ends. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting maybe three guys moving positions to tight end.
0: Yeah, I talked for a moment today. They had us uh, we got a chance to talk to all the assistant coaches today, yeah, and talking to Mike Schmidt. He, he he was, without saying names, he made it pretty obvious some people are going to be moving.
1: Yeah, I think there's a chance that Jacarius Clayton moves from defense to. You know, I tight remember in. when he
0: committed to Mississippi State. And he was, and I was That's like, a tight end. He was a tight end, but I was like, he was like six foot five and two hundred and fifty pounds as a freshman. I was like, this kid's going to be a tackle or something. But now, yeah. going to get back to his roots there, and I think we all expect Antonio Harmon to possibly be one of those guys. I think Malik Ellis might move. So that's not really a move because he's no, not he's here a, yet. But he is an offensive. That's an interesting one. His he, offensive tackle. Is he a good enough athlete? But he's he's so lean. I don't.
1: My my thing with Malik is you know I we've compared him a lot to Charles Cross like just his, the physical part of him, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he's going to be able to put on the weight that Charles did. Right. His body's a little more lean. So and I, I do think that he's he's athletic enough to do that.
0: And Malik Ellis would give you the—we talk about signing a freshman tight end—would give you that. Yeah. And, he, I mean,
1: you haven't had to change anything with him. Right. I mean, you can bring him right in and start teaching him. Uh, Jaquarius Clayton is a little different. Uh, Antonio Harmon, you're basically doing the same thing. You're probably just blocking more, and you're playing more inside since you're at tight end. Mm-hmm. But that's not a terrible move either. Yeah. And then with Rylan Godey, you have a guy that's been playing it. So, yeah. It might be a smoother transition than we think, but it's still going to be a work in progress. I think at the tight end position, but I, Mississippi State coaches do not appear to be too not upset about it or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. So,
0: interesting stuff today uh, talking talking with Arnett, and you know, really our first chance. You know, because I felt like, I feel like and I wasn't at the signing day December press conference. But Me neither. Well, not only that, you know, never mind that you know all the focus would have been on recruiting, but the emotions of, of Leach's passing were still so open and raw at that point. It had only been a week or so. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was the first time, and I asked him about that. I said, if you had that moment to sort of take a breath, and he talked about that. But now that he's he's just more settled in, and we were able to talk some football, and he, he talked about Barbe's offense, and he talked about defense, and talked about some of the things he's looking forward to this spring and things like that. So, you know, in my opinion, and, I, and maybe I'm biased, but I felt like Arnett was impressive today. He, 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 hold on a second. And, Sorry about that. Did you cut everything off there? I cut yours, I, too. Cause, I could
1: have filled it in there. Well, you, you, you can hear it,
0: though. Oh, okay. So.
1: Um, he's been impressive in almost every interview I've listened to. Yeah. And I think what makes him so impressive is he doesn't come across fake. He just tells you what he's thinking. And there's a portion of him that he turns on, you know, a a certain type of
0: himself. I see what you're, let's, let's just be honest, as fans of pro wrestling. He is different when the cameras are on than the cameras are off. Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, it's like Triple H and Paul Levesque. It's yeah. two
1: different guys. But at the same time, you know, it is a part of his personality. Yeah, he it's is not, he is a rough and tumble, rough guy. But when he got off the stage, we we went over there and talked to him about, about, uh, about, about Southern rock, music. rock. Yeah, like what's your favorite favorite album? Brother. Brothers, and he was like, listing them off. I mean, it you know, and we even talked about you know the fourth quarter song, which we're we're not going to go into that because yeah. he he wanted to keep that strictly off the off record. record. We're professional. But it's just, you know, you, you have a guy that is you know, it, he's he's like one of us, mm-hmm. which is it continues to be weird for me to say something like that cuz he's from New Mexico, mm-hmm. but he one is a, of one, one of us. One of us. We one accept him, one so, of us. You know, he's wearing the boots. Yeah. The jeans, no tie. He's just uh, a simple guy that loves football and I love the I love the current game plan that he has. He's very invested in the State of Mississippi. Mm. He is very invested. I don't I don't think people know how much time he spends like researching stats like for NFL players from the State of Mississippi. Not just from Mississippi State, from the State of Mississippi he researches that stuff. He wants to he wants he to talked be able to about that today. He wants to be able to tell recruits, you know, this this percentage of players come from the state of Mississippi and go pro. We can win championships with with these players. And I talked to I was talking to Tony Hughes a little bit about that today and there haven't been very many people that have spent this amount of time coaching inside the state of Mississippi than Tony Hughes. And he's kind of like, you know, he even admitted to me like, you know, I'm a little bit of a Mississippi football historian and we you know, we talked about uh we even talked about some old old some old old miss teams, mm-hmm. you know, back during the Johnny Vault days and how invested they were in Mississippi kids mm-hmm. and those teams were going to the Sugar Bowl or winning SEC championships, things like that. Yeah. Some of Mississippi State's best teams were teams that were built by Mississippi mm-hmm. players. We talked about that 2014 team, those Mississippi players that they had. Mm-hmm. You know the great defenses in Mississippi State. That's high school and JUCO guys from the state of Mississippi. So Zach Garnett has come up with this game plan, and it's, it patterned his entire coaching staff. Um, you know J- Chad Bumpfus, David Turner, Tony Hughes. They all talked about today Zach Garnett's pitch to them why he wanted them at Mississippi State, and it all boils around building a wall around the state of Mississippi, getting the best players to come here. And winning from there. And then after that you start plucking from Alabama, Louisiana,
0: Tennessee, mm-hmm.
1: t- Georgia. Well you even. said
0: that's something, that's something you said a lot of times on this show about how Mississippi State the winning formula is to find those guys that are just not quite good enough for LSU, Alabama, Auburn. That, they they're, that they're
1: sniffing around.
0: They're sniffing around them, but they just like, I don't know. You and you know what? Will, Will is... James is that. Will, yeah.
1: Will James was a guy that Auburn brought in for a visit. They, they wanted him but didn't have a spot for him. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. That is perfect. That's a guy that the in-state SEC schools are looking at, are very interested in, but might not take. Because mm-hmm. you're not going to go to Alabama and beat out Alabama or Auburn for a kid. Mm-hmm. Not, not going to happen. Uh, it, it's, n- it's never going to happen at Mississippi State. Um, and I, you know, I I don't mean to be like have that negative thought on that, but that's just how it is. You're not going to beat Alabama and Auburn for a kid in state if they want them. So if you can get the kid that might just miss out, the Errol Thompsons, the Beniquez Browns, the Cam Dantzlers, the Dak Prescotts, the Dak Prescotts, um, those guys can help you win a lot of games. Yeah. Um, to go along with what else you have. So I love Zach Arnett's uh, blueprint. I think that he's a guy that gets it. Whether or not it all comes together, we'll see. He He's still got to kind of build his program um, and progress the, the team. The offense has got to come together. I think the defense is going to be fine, but offense has got to come together. The scheme's got to be in place. But everything right now, I, mean, I don't know what you could possibly have a complaint about if you're a Mississippi State fan. No. For a first-year head coach that was thrust into this, to be able to finish the way that they did in recruiting. They won some big battles, by the way. Jonathan Davis, you had to beat out Texas,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Bo Davis. You had to beat out Ole Miss, who was sitting in the kitchen sink uh, for a kid. Uh, you know That's a big battle to win. You had to win a big battle with Isaac Smith. You had to win a big battle with Kelly Jones against Ole Miss. So, so far, so good for this staff. And a lot of that was done without the the big hitters in here. Well, there was no Chad Bumpfuss or David Turner on campus at that point. Right. There was no Will Friend on campus at that point. Right. So uh I'm impressed. Right. I, I really am. And we'll see if it translates, but the first two signing days were a complete success. Mississippi State did not lose a single player outside of Joe Crocker. Right. They didn't lose a player that they had in their sights. Yeah. Or committed.
0: Yeah. We'll see where it takes us. Yeah, we got a long way to go before we get to uh to Labor Day, but the, 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 as I said earlier on Twitter a few weeks ago, the start of the Zach Arnett era has been good for Mississippi State thus far. Yeah. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it is what's for dinner. This weekend, if you're going to be cooking it, I'm, I'm, I've decided I'm cooking beef this weekend. I'm, I'm going to you do some, some barbecue beef sandwiches. Ooh. A little pulled chuck roast. I like it. Oh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And it's such an easy recipe, Robbie. And that's the great thing about cooking beef is beef is so easy to cook, man. First off, if you're cooking a steak, It takes sometimes it takes longer to heat up the grill than it takes to cook the steak if you're doing it right. That's right. You know, burgers, easy. And then, you know, a lot of those things like brisket and, 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 and tri-tip, they're kind of low maintenance out there on the grill if you know what you're doing. So talk to your butchers and your meat market guys, and, and they'll get you hooked up with the right cuts. Check out online, check out msbeef.org for recipes and things like that, and enjoy a great meal this weekend. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. You know, we went to lunch in the cotton industry today. I'm not going to say where, but I had to walk past two brothers. And every time I do that, I feel like, did I make a mistake? Smelt
1: so good. <laughs> Just
0: the smell coming out of that place is incredible. <clears throat> That's the smell of smoked southern soul food. This weekend, if you're in town for basketball, and I think a lot of you are going to be, it's time to make Two Brothers on, 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 make a trip there. Five o'clock tip—that means you can get lunch and grab a couple of a uh, couple of good meals in there, or you can get after the game. You got plenty of time after the game to go and enjoy the great food and great atmosphere they have at Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products, great service. Every business promises it to you. Advantage Business Systems delivers it to you, and they've been delivering it for forty-five years. So, I'm sorry, forty-eight years. I, I'm trying to—I'm trying to short them. Long time, forty-eight years. When you need office office equipment, when you need copiers, printers, and you need new computers, you need to get new laptops for your, your sales force, call advantage business systems. And then if you need service, if you got a question, you talk to the same people who made you the sale. What a difference that is than a lot of the big box places where they're you're gonna be on hold, you're gonna talk to somebody overseas. You're going to talk to somebody who's never dealt with you before. You want that relationship. You can get it at Advantage Business Systems. 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Starting today at The Rogue, 15% off all your spring collegiate items. Get dad, if you're getting your, your man a Valentine's gift, one of these awesome quarter zip pullovers, are great, and if you notice something here, these aren't male models on this tweet that the Rogue uh, tweeted out. That's Dakota Jordan and Ross Highfill. They are a couple of MSU athletes, and they are part of the Rogue's NIL program with the Bulldog Initiative. So remember, when you buy from the Rogue, you are supporting the Bulldog Initiative. You're supporting Mississippi State athletes. Oh, and by the way, you're getting an awesome pullover with the logos you want. These two quarter zips are showing off here with the state script, and then the uh, the M over S are. F- they're flipping sweet, I believe is what the kids say. I could be wrong. Flippin'. They're flippin' sweet. They're hella they're hella cool. Isn't that that no, that's probably not it at all. Hella. Hella. Yeah. Yeah. Don't live the three stripe life. Shop at the rogue. All right, Robbie, let's get your thoughts on what happened Tuesday night in Columbia, Mississippi State. Uh now up to fifty in the net. I saw an interesting uh Tweet from a, a guy I, I like to follow for basketball, dog at Auburn, who keeps up with college basketball. He was, he's just a fan, but he does a good job of keeping up. And he made the point it's like, state being fifty is great, but they knocked Utah to fifty one, which means that quad one wins now a quad two win. Yeah. Unfortunately. But you'll take that at this point. At fifty, taking on Missouri for another quad two opportunity, and I'm gonna try to get the quad stuff correct. We're gonna we're gonna work on that. Uh But that's a good big. That's such a big game Saturday, you know. I think it's going to be a good crowd. If State wins this game, I mean, I feel like they're going to beat LSU next uh, next Wednesday. Right back in the hunt. Well, they be they would be sixteen and eight going to Fayetteville. Yep. I mean, you talk yeah, like you just said, right back in the hunt, and we go. You know, I mentioned it on the podcast yesterday. Ken Palm has State finishing seven and two. And I, th- I was talking to Stefan Krajnik earlier today because he's the one who tweeted that. I was like, you know, I don't know if I can see that happening. He's like, what you've got to realize, Brian, and I, this is a good point, is that Kentucky's not that good. Yeah. And I, and I, and he, I think he's right. I think I'm living on, you know, past yeah, memories and they of they Kentucky. Sh- they
1: struggle with Ole Miss. Well, yeah.
0: oh, that's what I asked him. I said, you know, because I asked him, I said, I don't know if you watched it or not, but how did Ole Miss hang around in this game without Morrell and without Ruffin? And in front of, like, 1,500 people. He's like, Kentucky's just not very good. Not and very I good. think, you know, the fact that they have Oscar Schwebe, who I think is one of the best players uh, in the conference, it's just not enough. So is John, John is in trouble. I don't know that he's in like trouble he, so much as he's just going to bail. You think he's just going to get
1: out of there? I think he's going to Texas. Well, I, th- I think he's, he's going to bail because he's in a little bit of a trouble.
0: Like, I think, well, he, but he's got enough built up that I think he could survive it. But why not just get out before the, I don't know, the posse? Man. They, that place is crazy. No, you're not wrong. Nate Oates will do well there next year.
1: Yeah. Um, just I, I thought a big win for State on the road, even though South Carolina is dreadful. The State got that big win against TCU, but they still had not gotten an SEC win in several right. weeks. Right. They still needed to go get an SEC win. Yeah. And to do it on the road, I thought fairly dominant. I mean, it wasn't. In the second half, it was n- never really, like, seriously in danger. Uh, South Carolina hit, a, hit three or four threes. They cut it to nine like,
0: a couple times, Got it to six maybe once, I and, think. And the only
1: reason, like, they stayed in the game is because they just hit some improbable shots. Some wacky
0: threes, some 30, 32-footers. Like,
1: and some of the shots they were shooting, I'm like, how, <clears throat> how is this even an acceptable shot? A guy like, you know, G.G. Robinson's on, like, one foot... From the free throw line shooting like what what is going on with these shots? Jackson. G.G. Jackson. G.G. Yep. Robinson is a football player, I think. I don't know. I, I get I always get names screwed up. It's cool. Um <clears throat> one guy shot like a half court shot. I mean and it, it almost it, went in. It's
0: good defense. You know, they were forcing him to take horrible shots as the shot clock runs down, but they a couple of them found the bucket. That's a Mississippi State thing. It
1: really is. <laughs> um but anyway the it was never really in doubt in the second half. It got close a couple of times, but State was pretty much in control. And I thought, to me, the key continues to be—I think State's played just a, as a different team with Shaq Moore playing at the level he's playing right now. Yeah, on both ends. I mean, it, it seemed like every time I looked up, he had he had gotten involved with a steal. He knocked the ball loose. He—he's mm-hmm. one of those guys that like he'll get in there and rebound against a, a you know six eight guy. It's just. He's such a difference maker for a guy that size. It's, uh, it's made all the difference for Mississippi State. You don't beat TCU without him. You don't, I don't think you stay in the game with Alabama without him. Um, you uh, you might have won anyway last night. I don't know. But 22 points, huge night for him. I thought Tyler Stevenson was good for a second game in a row.
0: So I wanted to ask you about that. Because, you know, obviously Jans made the decision to bench Eric Reed. Mm-hmm. and put Shaq Moore in the starting lineup. It's paid off big. You do you to need do to do it with Jeffries and bring Stevenson to the starting lineup, or do you sort of like just Stevenson off the bench?
1: That's a That I, mid-range, man. <clears throat> That's a tough call because, you know, DJ's kind of, DJ has not played well um, on the offensive end, but he's still been kind of the cornerstone of, you know, he, he's been a guy that they have relied on heavily to be a leader and things yeah. like that. And to be quite frank, I mean, he's – one of the better defenders on the team, he he defends really well, and that's always going to be a plus for Chris Jans. Mm-hmm. It's why some of the more offensive players that don't defend as well don't play that much. But yeah, I I would I would say Tyler Stevenson's valuable coming off the bench gives you a little spark. I agree. He's always you playing have hard. somebody
0: on the bench you can turn to for yeah. offense. Maybe that's maybe you should keep him there.
1: And I you know I just think that they can't have that that lineup that was in midway through the second half when they oh, went to that hole that was such a bad lineup it was like,
0: Jeffries R- Martavius uh Russell. Russell uh who else Reed was in and yeah. McNair it's and like, they just
1: didn't know it's like, like it's what to do like it was just a lot of dribbling just rough yeah you got to have some guys in there that are and there's not a ton on the team that are just kind of take charge yeah. but you definitely got to give there's definitely got to be more of a, gr- a, a red light for Jeffries on like some of the three pointers and because so, they're just not falling. Yeah. But um, you know the one thing that that he does really well is he plays hard. Mm-hmm. He's going to go get rebounds. He's going to defend. So a lot of the offensive issues that this team has, they make up for it by crashing the boards, playing with a lot of effort, and just you know we, we've seen a lot of offensive rebounds turn into points. So you know the team's just figuring it out. They're, right now they're starting to play with more confidence, and I think that's what was so big about Tuesday night is they had confidence again, and they they gained it against T- TCU, and I thought Alabama was probably the turning point for them because they felt like they could play
0: with a, an yeah. elite team. Yeah, I agree with that. And Sometimes you can lose a game, but it helps your confidence. It's yeah, weird. I think
1: that was kind of a springboard for them, but we'll see where this goes from here, but we've been saying it for weeks this back half of the SEC schedule, There is a chance here yeah. to rack up some wins. Yeah, they got to do it. They they have to get it done.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, I think Arkansas is going to be a tough game. I think that Missouri, both Missouri games should be tough. They need to get one of those. Um, Texas A&M at home need to get that one. Have to beat LSU with where they are right now. Have to beat Vanderbilt with where they are. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt lost by almost 60 points. Yes. That was worse than that 2005 game where State just got steamrolled at Alabama. Yeah, I remember that. But it was just kind of like a... It reminded mountain. me a
0: little bit more. I remember Rick Ray's first year against Vanderbilt and they lost like oh 70 to gosh. 30. But sh- that was this brutal. Was, yeah.
1: But Bama, too, they couldn't miss. They Could, were hitting every three ball they threw up. They were locked in. That's sure. a team that... You know, if they if they get hot, you're not gonna beat them.
0: When they play their best, they're almost unbeatable.
1: But if they you know, in the incident away tournament, if if they shoot six for twenty six, they're, they're in, trouble. in trouble.
0: They're in trouble, for sure.
1: But yeah, I, I think that was a big win. Uh Saturday's game is huge. I think it's gonna be packed. I really do. I, I do too. State fans have been putting a lot of butts in the seats over the last few weeks. And, and this is
0: perfect. Five o'clock tip is yeah. perfect. It means you can get up from Jackson, get up from other places in the state, and then the game's over at 7. You can be home at a reasonable hour. You're not getting up you know, super early for church the next day. So.
1: Yeah. The fan base is ready to blow. I agree. They're, re- they're ready to blow.
0: All right. They're ready to go. We'll talk more about that game on tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning, along with some other topics, probably some more football to go over. Uh, as well. Plenty of stuff. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great Thursday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian. Hey, Dad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi.